G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together. We're the only national program focusing on union news, worker stories and social justice issues. We're produced in Melbourne for 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Stick Together is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation and we come to you on your local community radio station. Today we feature voices from the School Strike for Climate Action held on Friday the 25th of March. But first, some union news. In a worrying trend, employers in a number of key industries are using mechanisms available to them in the Fair Work Commission to seek the termination of enterprise agreements if there is an intractable impasse over the workplace negotiations. The method used is to offer completely unacceptable condition changes and cuts in wages, which in many cases would mean massive pay cuts of up to 50% and then refusing to come to the table to negotiate. Cabin staff at Qantas, covered by FAAA, workers at Turfmaster Carpets, covered by CFMEU Manufacturing Division, workers covered by the Transport Workers Union and workers at Switzer Towage, covered by MUA, have been faced with these threats. In January, Qantas informed international flight attendants that it had applied to the Fair Work Commission to terminate their agreement, a decision which would cut wages by almost half of some staff. It also wishes to expand their hours by a third for no extra pay. Terry O'Toole from the Flight Attendants Association of Australia, the FAAA, had this to say at a media conference on the anniversary of the Wuhan evacuation of Australian citizens at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Two years ago, about this time, Qantas Cabin Crew went above and beyond to bring back stranded Australians from Wuhan. They were dressed up as they're dressed now and they ran towards the fire. They received letters of thanks, as you can see, from Scott Morrison, Alan Joyce. They were heroes, but right now the company is saying they're worth zero. Qantas have made an application to terminate an EBA agreement that protects conditions of cabin crew and has done for many years. The agreement that the company put forward would have severely disadvantaged cabin crew with their time with families. The survey that we did uh, showed the following. One in eight cabin crew had to move out of their house during the 20 month stand out. Cabin crew were affected more than any other profession by the pandemic. One in nine have suffered a relationship breakdown due to the stand down. 29% had to withdraw from their super just to pay their bills. 39% are worried about how much debt they're actually in. 33% have needed to seek professional or medical help, and tragically, 15% have said that they've had suicidal thoughts during this time. They came back to work at Christmas, and Qantas said they're all back and we've got work for them. And the week that they came back, they put an enterprise agreement out to vote that was voted down by 97.4% of the cabin crew. While we've, as the union and the members, have tried to negotiate in good faith, We've explained to them that the additional standbys that they would put people on would cripple their time with families. 91% of crew have said 
They voted no to this enterprise agreement because of work-life balance. 61% were concerned that they wouldn't see enough of their children or their partners. And 80% were concerned that they'd have to work longer hours for less money. Cabin crew don't do their jobs for money, they do it because they care. These are the crew that hold the grieving widow's hands. These are the crew that spend hours doing CPR on people that have had a heart attack on an aircraft. This is aviation's first responders, and this is no way to treat your heroes. Thank you. On Wednesday last week, Spitzer workers and supporters rallied at the Port of Melbourne attempting to meet with the global head of Spitzer Tugs, Kasper Fritz Nylaus, who twice visited Spitzer Australia's Port Melbourne offices for a meet and greet with local management and a VIP river cruise, but doggedly refused to meet with tugboat workers or their union about a long-running industrial dispute that is being litigated by the company in the courts and which, if successful, threatens to bring Australia's maritime supply chain to a grinding halt, said the MUA. Switzer Australia has applied to the Fair Work Commission to terminate the employment agreements of its entire Australian tugboat crew with the aim of pushing almost a 1,000 workers onto the basic industrial award despite its parent company, the International Logistics Begemont's A.P. Moller-Mansk, posting a massive global profit exceeding $24 billion US in the last financial year. The company has been in dispute with each of the three unions which cover tugboat workers in Australia, the Maritime Union of Australia, Australian Institute of Marine and Power Engineers and the Australian Maritime Officers Union. Our next speaker is Michelle Myers. Michelle is the Vice President of the Labor Party and the MUA National Women's Officer. Put it together for Michelle, please. Thanks, comrades. Um, what a great town out. You look awesome. Thank you so much for all your support. Look, two years is far too long for these workers to be waiting for an agreement. They deserve a fair deal. Mr Casper should be down here talking to them, not cruising around the Yarra, as he said, with a big fat cigar and some champagne. They asked for a warm welcome for him. Melbourne's turned on the warm welcome this morning, which is great. The weather's turned, so hopefully it's a shit day out in the Yarra. But I just want to read you something that was sent to all the workers the other day. So two years after they've been trying to get an agreement, they're in the Fair Work Commission trying to cancel their agreement. And Marion from Switzer sends an email to the workers saying, next week we'll have our global CEO, Casper, and Chief People Officer, Emil Brun, visiting from Copenhagen. They'll be here in Melbourne on Tuesday the 22nd and the 23rd. As the Melbourne Tug makes their first port of call, it'll be great if we offer them a warm welcome. What do you think about a warm welcome for that lot, eh? I cannot believe. Uh, There'll be a breakfast. You can have a little chat with them. They can come and have ample time for questions. I'm sure that didn't bloody happen. And Wednesday morning, they're going to have a nice little cruise down the Yarra. It doesn't get more VIP than the global CEO, one would say, she says flippantly. Look forward to seeing you drop into the office on Tuesday and be our guide on Wednesday. Until then, with kindest regards. I'll tell you what, Marion, what kindest regards would be, would be to get back to the table and give this company and the Australian workers a fair deal. What is going on here is a disgrace, is being enabled by the federal government, all of these companies that are trying to cancel these agreements have been backed by the federal government, like Patrick's, like Qantas. We've got to get this government out as well. We've got to get Switzer back to the table and get a fair deal for these workers. I want to thank Josh Burns, the MP for McNamara, for coming down today. I've got apologies from 
uh, Tim Watts and Daniel Molino, who are also going to come this morning, but they just couldn't make it at the last minute. But they're the ones that showed up. The federal government sitting behind these global companies and just rubbing their hands together, knowing that this is exactly what they want. They want a blue on the waterfront during a federal election. Well, if they're going to have to have one, they might have to have one, eh? But, uh, yeah, I just think, I just got a message for Casper and Marion. Stop sending your stupid flippant emails. Casper, get down to the table and get these workers a fair deal. Thanks, comrades. Thank you, Michelle. Casper was invited. There is national EA negotiations taking place in Sydney yesterday and today, and Casper was invited to go to those negotiations, sort out an agreement, and get these workers a, a fair workplace agreement. He refused to go. He's just down here to meet clients and to eat cake and have cups of tea. Our members did try to ask him some tough questions yesterday, and as soon as they did, someone cut him off and moved him away from our members. No good. Same. I say Spitzer, you say ACTU President Michelle O'Neill said the threat by an employer to terminate an agreement and throw workers back onto award rates, which is in many cases would mean massive pay cuts of up to 50%, puts far too much leverage in the hands of employers during the bargaining process. The Morrison government could act to oppose these attempts and support the pay rises for workers that we need to propel the economy out of the pandemic, she said, but has instead chosen to support employers seeking to terminate agreements. <coughs> Following up on the first item, the Australian Bureau of Statistics revealed that gross domestic product, GDP, has been growing by 3.4% and corporate profits have gone up by 13%, while wages have gone backwards. ACTU President Michelle O'Neill speaking at an Australian Institute webinar explains. There's another inconvenient number at the heart of every budget this government has delivered that puts a hole in their claim to be trusted on economic management. From Joe Hockey to Josh Frydenberg, from Tony Abbott to Scott Morrison, every single budget has predicted that wage growth is just around the corner and every year under this government, Australians have instead suffered record low wage growth. After nine years of coalition rule, Australian wages are way too low and the problem is getting worse. The government and their decisions have baked low wage growth into Australia's economy. To use language made famous by Matthias Cormann, the finance minister at the, the time, to describe their design, low wages is a design feature of the labour market. Whether times are good or times are bad, whether unemployment is low or unemployment is high, wages have been growing too slowly. Wages are too low for Australian households to achieve a decent, stable standard of living. They are too low to support the consumer spending we need to continue recovering from the recession. And now they are way too low to keep up with accelerating inflation. They have suppressed wages in the public sector. Every year they've failed to support improvements in the minimum wage. They've demonised workers and their unions trying to bargain for better wages. They've changed the laws so that casualising the workforce is easier for employers and they've stripped away rights for workers. This is the context we must judge Josh Frydenberg's third budget on. 
In 2021, workers suffered the biggest pay cut in real terms that we've seen in over 20 years. As inflation has outstripped wages growth, a worker on the average income of $68,000 has effectively had an $832 pay cut. $832 pay cut. That's the average. But shockingly, it's actually worse for the workers who've been on the front line keeping the country going through the, pandem the pandemic. Full-time workers in healthcare and social support have had their pay effectively cut by $967 last year. For those in transport, postal and warehousing, risking their health and safety to keep the nation running, they lost an eye-watering $1,497. Education and training workers lost 1,362. And admin and support services went backwards by 1,185. More than three weeks after an aged care bonus program launched, 97% of the aged care workers in a new survey say they have not received a bonus. In a United Workers' Union survey of more than 1,000 aged care workers, many expressed their anger at the failure of the program to offer speedy bonuses with payments caught up in a lengthy bureaucratic process. This federal government bonus has further angered aged care workers rather than giving them the time and reward they deserve for working through Omnicrom National Aged Care Director Carolyn Smith said. More than 900 older Australians have died from COVID in aged care facilities this year. Yet more than seven weeks since the $800 bonus program was announced and more than three weeks since it was launched, 97% of aged care workers say they have had no bonus. To further illustrate the repeated failures, aged care workers have to face from their employers and the federal government, 77% of the aged care workers say they have received no information about the bonus, she said. Aged care workers were failed in the vaccination program, they were failed with PPE, they were left to fend for themselves during Omnicom, working repeated double shifts, and now they have been failed in the bonus program. Aged care workers haven't been fooled. This bonus doesn't even touch the sides on the chronic understaffing, the outrageous workloads and the lack of time to care that existed even before COVID. Aged care workers this week are lodging applications across facilities employing more than 13,000 aged care workers in a big step towards taking projected strike action for better pay and more time to care. The level of anger among aged care workers responding to the survey was illustrated by more than 450 workers leaving additional comments about their disappointment. A South Australian aged care worker said, whilst the bonus is appreciated, it seems more like the government just wants us to be quiet about the stress we face daily as carers, the lack of staff to residents and our pathetic pay rates. A Western Australian aged care worker said, we don't need a bonus that is taxed, we need pay rises. A Queensland aged care worker said, bonus payments are great, but it's not a fix to the problems we face in our job. We need better staff to resident ratio, pay rise would be nice too. Over 100 print staff working for the Seven West Media Organisation, the Western Australian newspaper in WA, have been locked out after industrial action over changes to the EBA, which the AMWU, the Australian Manufacturing Workers' Union, says would slash the conditions. 
Lorraine Casson, Federal Secretary of the Prince Section of the AMWU, said they went back into bargaining again and, and put an even harsher offer than what's currently on the table. Seven West Media, run by Kerry Stokes, had a pre-tax profit of $445 million last year and gave an increased executive salary of 400% from $4 million to $16 million. The Seven Group took $47 million in publicly funded JobKeeper subsidies. The workers were asking for a 2% wage increase, a minimum wage increase, and the company came with a huge log of claims, including taking away some of the current personal leave provisions during a pandemic, Ms Casson said. The AMWU recently took a campaign of action over the dispute with Seven West Media's biggest advertisers, JB Hi-Fire and The Good Guys. Some good news for workers at De Costi Seafood, a subsidiary of Tasmanian-based Australian salmon farming company Tassel. The AWU, the Australian Workers' Union, after two years of litigation, had a federal court victory over wage theft allegations. The decision has set a precedent for all Australian workers employed under the Seafood Processing Award and who undertake work prior to 6am. The AWU brought a claim against Tassel on behalf of two members at De Costi's Western Sydney plant whose shifts began before 6am but who were not paid penalty rates. De Costi Seafood argued that employees working before 6am were not entitled to any payments for early starts. But the court found the Seafood Processing Award requires that work performed before 6am be paid at overtime rates, that De Costi had contravened the Fair Work Act by failing to make these overtime payments and compensation must be paid to its workers. The AWU believes about 50 current workers and hundreds of former employees have been underpaid more than a million dollars in total over the past six years. AWU National Secretary Dan Walton said it was a massive win for the workers and for the union. Many of these workers speak English as a second language and were afraid to speak up due to their precarious visa situations, he said. Tassel took advantage of that in what was a blatant case of wage theft. And instead of admitting its mistake, Tassel dug its heels in and did everything it could to deny these workers their rightful wages. Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. You are listening to Stick Together, Worker Stories, Union News. Last Friday was a school strike for climate action where across the country young people raised their voices for action on climate, calling on political leaders to take the challenge for a better future. First we go to the Melbourne Rally, followed by Ali from Lismore and Thomas Mayer from the MUA's Northern Territory branch, who both spoke to crowds at the Sydney event. G'day you guys, I'm from 3CR. I'm wondering if you can tell me what you're hoping to have come out of this. having everyone here and spreading awareness I guess yeah is it good to have compatriots with you yeah no it's really good having everyone here and seeing everyone out on the streets yeah is it a frightening prospect that um, our politicians aren't actually doing anything apparently 
Yeah, no, definitely. I think, especially being young, it's quite scary to see. Yeah. G'day, I'm from 3CR. I see you've got your um, your nursing yes. union. Why are you here today? Oh, I think we have to secure a future for our children, and I also think that climate change interacts with healthcare. There's nothing that it doesn't touch, and so we need to make sure that we've got a healthy future and a healthy future for this little one. Yeah, thank you. What do we want? When do we want it? Now. What do we want? When do we want it? Now. What do we want? When do we want it? G'day you guys, um, I'm from 3CR, I was wondering why you're here today, tell me about why you're here. Um, I'm here today because I'm so angry and disappointed with our leaders for not acting on this crisis that's affecting people now and will continue to affect people in the future. Yeah, I'm from 3CR, can you tell me about why you're here? Um, I'm here because at the moment the government is doing nothing at all to protect um, uh, young people's future from climate change. and. Um, yeah, prevent climate change, which will affect so many people, and like, especially those people in most of most affected areas and um, minority groups and um, people on the front lines of the climate crisis. Now it's been going on for a while. These uh, strikes uh, and call for action. You're not going to go away, are you? No, we're not. G'day, I'm from 3TR. Can you tell me why you're here today? Ah, yeah, sure. I'm out here today because I really want to support students in their strike and I really believe in what they're striking for. Um, yeah, I think it, we're in a really dire situation and it's, you know, we're running out of time to act and I'm really sick of our politicians refusing to take action and continuing to support the fossil fuel industry. I think it's a disgrace and I'm really ashamed of our country. So, yeah, i going to do up. everything I can. Stand up, fight back. Stand up, fight back. <laughs> Yeah, you're in your school uniform, you've taken the day off to strike for climate. Can you tell me about what, what you're feeling? Yes, um, obviously I'm very um, upset at the government's current climate policy. I'm really worried about my future and the future um, for people today. And obviously climate change is a thing here and now and we're all really worried about it and that's why we're striking today. Thank you. Hi, my name's Ella and I'm a climate refugee. As you all know, Lismore recently had a mega flood and my house, which I was born in, and my school and town have been severely damaged. The water came in my house nearly two metres high and I live in an upstairs-downstairs house. That's a lot of water. We managed to evacuate around 2am and lucky for us, we had a house on a hill to go to where we were safe. Many others were not so lucky. This mega flood was an extreme weather event and is the largest one ever in Lismore, on record. We went through the 2017 floods and the terrible bushfires in 2019 and 2020. Extreme weather events are becoming more and more frequent. I'm actually terrified for our future and the future of all of us, while we have leaders that don't even lead us in the right direction. <laughs> climate change is happening and climate disasters are a consequence of climate change. And we want action now to make sure that these events do not continue to ruin lives like it has mine. Thank you. Um, come all the way from Larrakia country to bring the solidarity to you guys of the union movement. I see lots of union people in the crowd. I'm union proud. As said, I'm a Torres Strait Islander, and one thing I'll never forget was several years ago, I think it was 2015, and Scott Morrison, Peter Dutton, and Tony Abbott, there was, a, there was a microphone on, they didn't know it was still on, and those bastards were laughing at the fact 
that the water, that the seas are rising and starting to, we're starting to lose our homes in the Torres Strait and in the Pacific. Shame on them. They were laughing at it as far back as 2015 and long before that. These people had known what we're facing in this world and that my home, my home where my ancestors are buried, we know our ancestors' name from way before colonisation. And my people in the islands, we're picking up the bones of our ancestors from the beaches. Shame on these people. So we've got to fight workers, young people, all of us. We cannot take no for an answer from these decision makers. We've got to kick them out. And I say, Scott Morrison, your time is up. We were talking about the Pilliga. I was there with the Gomorrah people a couple of weeks ago. And I'm so proud to hear that they have resoundingly said no to Santos. They say Gamal means no. And you know what? In the Northern Territory, Santos are doing the same thing. They're ignoring First Nations. They want to frack our country. And they want to take away our futures. So say this with me. Shame, Santos, shame. Shame, Santos, shame. Shame, Santos, shame. Shame, Santos, shame. I'll tell you what, Scott Morrison, he doesn't like workers, he doesn't like unions. I've been, on, I've been a unionist for, for more than 20 years now, and every step of the way, Liberal governments have tried to take away our rights. You know why? Because we've got power in numbers. Scott Morrison, he hates youth as well. He hates the next generation. He's a greedy bastard. He hates First Nations people. They've said no. They've said no to our calls in the Uluru Statement for a voice. They've had the opportunity to do something with it for five years and they've done nothing. But you know what? Just like you guys, just like the next generation, First Nations people will not take no for an answer. And this is the message that I want to leave with you. Do not take no for an answer. Go out there, talk to people, the unconverted. Challenge yourself. And tell them that when this bloke is trying to get his job back in a couple of months, very soon, that we're going to say no and your time is up. Thank you. That's it for Sit Together this week. You can catch up with the show at 3cr.org.au or where you get your favourite podcasts. Contact us at sticktogether at 3cr.org.au. I'm Annie McLaughlin. Join the Stick Together team next week for more workers' news. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. Stay safe and stick together. I thought we could go out with a track from the Dropkick Murphys, who have recently forced a right-wing rights supremacist website in America to stop using one of their tracks as a background to one of their inflammatory offerings. More strength to their arms. Stand up, fight back.
lousy scab, or will you be a man? Which side are you on? 